재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵 After North Korea's fourth nuclear test, the United States, along with uh, South Korea and Japan, have vowed to push for tougher sanctions against the regime. Uh, They are seeking cooperation from other regional players. However, amid these calls, uh, some experts are questioning the effectiveness of these uh, sanctions and worry that it could even be counterproductive and may drive North Korea back into an even more desperate corner. Where do you stand on this issue? Text us at pound 1013 for 51 or send us a Kakao Talk message by adding TBS EFM as a plus friend. We'll be joined by a North Korea expert in part two of this discussion. But for now, here in the studio, we're very pleased to have joining us once again Seoul Bureau Chief for NPR, Elise Hu. Happy New Year. Thank you very much for joining us. Happy New Year to you, and uh, thanks for the invite. Well, I guess that old saying you hear a lot in the U.S., the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Uh, Is this the case with the North Korean nuclear test and this uh, reaction that we need to impose even more sanctions when they haven't been working for over uh, for the last few decades? Uh, this is a similar question that I actually put to the Deputy U.S. Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, who is visiting um, Seoul today. He's actually on his way to Beijing now to work for cooperation from China on this very question. Um, but And he had just come from Japan uh, over the weekend as well. So uh, I kind of put this question to him because certainly um, decades of sanctions have, uh, e- have had a limited effect at best because even if the test was not an H-bomb, as North Korea claimed. Uh, It was evidence of an advancement Mm -hmm. in uh, the development of nuclear weapons from the North. So um, I asked uh, Secretary Blinken about sanctions and whether they were effective so far. Here's what he had to say. They have not achieved the ultimate result, which is getting North Korea to change its behavior and engage in denuclearization. So the challenge before us now is to take the steps that will do that. So that's a big question. What are the steps uh, to do that? Um, And he seemed to indicate, and the U.S. um, seems to be going the direction of asking China to aid the international community in stricter economic sanctions Mm. to really sort of stop uh, North Korea from being able to use China as a conduit for its banking and as a conduit for getting materials for its nukes. Now, there is a uh, flip side to this argument, and it often in Korea kind of results in pro-engagement or uh, being more hawkish towards the regime. Uh, How would you address the argument that if you impose tougher sanctions, uh, the fat cats, uh, the the aides and the inner circle of Kim Jong-un, they're not really going to be affected. They'll still be able to import their luxury foods and goods and all that. But it's the ordinary North Koreans that really would suffer. Well, there's a few ways of looking at this. I mean, from what we know, ordinary North Koreans already are mm-hmm. suffering. And um, 
uh, even if you are seeing, you're an analyst who sees North Korea as a rational actor, as sort of needing to beef up its military at the expense of resources for its people as something rational in its sort of, in this geopolitical game, uh, it does seem that North Korea is um, highly insensitive to the needs of its people. And so there's a few ways to look at this, I guess. One is that, uh, hey, there's the hardliners who say, hey, these sanctions just haven't been hard enough. If we hit them harder, if we hit um, um, uh, hit them financially, we hit individual North Koreans harder, that this could actually cripple the regime um, in more significant ways. Or um, there's folks who basically say that these um, cannot have a stronger effect because North Korea already has scant resources, mm. and given the scant resources, it's still pouring a lot of money into the military. And so this is, as you mentioned, the heated debate not only here in South Korea, but in the international security community. And as you mentioned briefly, it doesn't really matter how strict the sanctions are in terms of how they're currently uh, structured. If China continues to, of course, uh, be their key ally, continue to prop up the regime as well as, uh, to, I guess, to a certain extent to make sure that the entire economy doesn't collapse there just because they don't want floods of refugees uh, going across the border. Uh, China uh, reportedly very much upset about this and uh, reportedly uh, the relationships between the two countries has deteriorated quite significantly. But they're publicly saying they will support U.N. sanctions on North Korea how serious are they, do you feel? There is some distance between China and the rest of the international community on this. Um, if you read sort of really closely, um, the U.S. and the State Department has been saying they want strong and comprehensive sanctions. China has said it, is, it supports appropriate Sanctions. So there is some distance between those things. I asked um, Secretary Blinken specifically what that means. He said he didn't want to get into it. Um, but he did address the China question um, a little bit just as he heads to Beijing. Here's what he had to say about that. Uh, it's clear that there are steps that can be taken and that have not been taken to turn up the pressure uh, on North Korea. But that's exactly what we're talking to the Chinese about right now. The question then would be uh, right now, and we don't really know this, do we, that uh, is there sort of like a red line that uh, North Korea has crossed where China says once and for all, this enough is enough and we're going to be, we keep talking about that girl group in, in China and that concert <laughs> that got canceled, but I, I guess it really is determined on how bad that relationship really is right now, right? Yeah, and there were actually signs towards the end of last year, towards the end of 2015, um, that indicated things were actually getting better between the two sides. And so um, China is, we take China at their word, of course, the rest of the international community takes China at their word that China certainly doesn't want a nuclear-armed uh, North Korea. It's also interested in denuclearization as a priority. But its other priority, of course, is that North Korea doesn't collapse. And so so these are sort of competing in that one could cause the other. Mm. And um, if that were the case, then uh, the security concerns of China, then the calculus changes right. quite a bit. Now, as far as U.S. policy is concerned, I understand uh, you uh, were in Washington, D.C. It's a 
It's an interesting political time in the United States. <laughs> to say the least. If you had told me a few years back that the uh, frontrunners for the Republican nomination would be Donald Trump and Ted Cruz, I would have said you're crazy. The fact that the establishment is now actually considering that, well, we might have to work with these two guys. But the um, the establishment candidate uh, who many people favor, a guy like Marco Rubio, is per- perhaps someone who is a bit stronger in terms of this type of policy because of his carryover from the George W. Bush administration. That being said, President Obama has pretty much carried on the uh, George W. Bush administration policy towards North Korea. Not a lot of dramatic changes. In fact, there's plenty of research that would indicate that um, Obama has not only carried on the general uh, George W. Bush policy, but in some ways has gotten even more disengaged. Right. Um, and so, which which some folks, some more liberal watchers, have considered uh, quite a surprise, especially when candidate Obama said that he wouldn't rule out talking to right. dictators like leaders of Iran and uh, North Korea. And it's a different tact, which has dramatically been shown with the agreement with Iran in terms of how he is approaching North Korea It's called strategic patience, and we've talked about this quite a bit on this program as well. Essentially, it's sort of like uh, silent treatment, right, or quiet time for for a kid. You're basically (laughs) ignoring the person who's behaving badly. It's easy in this uh, political season to criticize anything that the uh, current administration is doing, but is there any legitimate, I suppose, uh, beef towards this policy, saying that this is resultant in what we're seeing right now with their nuclear tests? Well, um, it... Obviously, I mean, I don't want to get into editorializing too much, but uh, I think that the State Department has been sort of uh, has, has admitted that, hey, you know, efforts so far have failed in one key way, which is they have not worked in term uh, to denuclearize North Korea or even halt the advancement and development of nuclear weapons. And so on that front, yeah, that's uh, that's a failure of policy. Um, but North Korea on the flip side, hasn't exactly been proactive in trying to engage the rest of the international community. And so um, there's plenty of more hawkish U.S. leaders that say, hey, um, it's up to them to to come to the table. We've tried, um, except they're kind of they're in the cycle of extortion. We're going to continue this discussion. We'll also be joined by a North Korean expert from Ansan Institute for Policy Studies. Stay tuned.